Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans, welcome into the show, the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. We've got big, huge news today dropping in a blockbuster deal with the Denver Broncos, the Seahawks franchise quarterback for the last 10 years. Russell Wilson is now going to be a Bronco. Broncos sending back uh, multiple picks and some players, and we're here to talk about it. And there's a lot to talk about and a lot of different <laughs> a lot of different paths we could take. Um Keith's Keith's not happy. I'm not happy. Um I'm trying to see some upside. It's hard. Keith's not seeing any upside. So now I'm gonna try to convince him there might be a sliver of upside. I don't know how this conversation is gonna go, but here we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like in I'm not seeing any upside because you cannot win without a quarterback and the Seahawks now don't have a quarterback and they don't have a path to a quarterback. So they are officially not going to win because you can't win without a quarterback and there's no way for them to acquire one. So they intentionally said, we're going to lose. The the Jared Goff Rams would have you know, a moment with you like the Jimmy Garoppolo 49ers would maybe like to have a word. Yeah. And there are, they, there are and teams that win with marginal quarterbacks the, with great rosters the, around them. And the CX don't have a great roster. We saw that this last At year. This what, point what in you, the off season, you, uh, the Rams just stop. Let me, will you let me actually get a <laughs> sentence out? Cause you have not let me get a sentence out yet. The I'm Rams, sorry. the Rams had Goff, and what did they do? They said, "Screw it, we can't win like this." And they jettisoned him, and spent a, um, gave away their entire future for Stafford. The 49ers had Garoppolo, and they go, "Damn, we can't win with this guy." So they traded away three first-round picks to go get a rookie. Yes, and then you're telling him. you're trying and then to still s- made it to the you're NFL trying to game. you're trying to sell me. Oh, you can win with one of those guys. Except for the teams that have them already stated, you can't win with these guys. You have to go get somebody good. The CX had somebody good, and they just gave him up for crap. It was a terrible trade. So first absolutely of all, a terrible trade. First of all, let me apologize to you. I'm not trying to be lighthearted about this. I'm taking you seriously. I'm just laughing because of the absurdity of it all, and I'm sorry I didn't let you get your word in. <laughs> Um, the, yeah, so let's talk about it. So it seems Adam Schefter's reporting that this trade apparently has been in the works for a couple of weeks. I would anticipate it's probably been even longer than that. Really. That's just kind of the word on the street. Um, according to Denver, according to sources out of Denver, that, uh, Russell Wilson was all always the target one a and Aaron Rodgers was not in play with them which is surprising to a lot of people. A lot of people assumed Aaron Rodgers would be their number one choice. 
um, especially after Hackett was hired. And turns out it was always Wilson. Um, and I go back to the Jody. Well, you can go back a couple of years. I mean, this this trade talk has been going on for a while, back and forth. They've quieted it. It's come up again. Russell Wilson's made statements. Pete Carroll's made statements. It seemed like it was a kind of put to bed, more or less, at least as far as a serious conversation was concerned. And I was surprised. I mean, it was like jaw-dropping surprise when this hit today uh, because I just thought that this was not even possible. Um, in that you're right, Keith, the team doesn't have any options for quarterback beyond Russell Wilson. And so now they're flying just literally blind going into a draft, going into free agency where there's really no, there's no good quarterbacks in the draft. There's no good quarterbacks that's going to hit free agency, which is why, um, people kept talking about Russell Wilson, even when the team said he wasn't available was because there's no other quarterbacks available that are worth a damn. Right. There just isn't. And the Seahawks are like, okay, that's a great time for us to need a quarterback. And jettison. Do you think that this is a two-year plan as opposed to just this year? I mean, obviously, solving this particular situation is a complete crapshoot in year one because of those variables that you just talked about. Is this a two-year deal where this is a rebuild this because you now do not have a franchise quarterback you shipped him off for a bunch of young players and picks uh that this is now a rebuild that pete carroll at age 71 this year is taking on which is just crazy it doesn't make any sense and i don't get it but you have a you have a roster that was close you have a roster that was close they needed they needed a cornerback and they needed an, an, you know, um, an offensive lineman, um, and maybe an interior pass rusher. You get you. This is a roster that was close. Now it's a roster that is miles away from contending. Miles. If you're not going to rebuild and do the whole thing, and I'm talking about trade Bobby Wagner for whatever you can get, mm-hmm. trade Jamal Adams for whatever you can get. Um, you know, block any of on, apparently on the block. Yeah, I wouldn't. Well, Metcalf needs to stay um, because he's young enough that you you'll be he'll still be here and be be in his prime when you when this rebuild is done. So you keep him, but you trade Lockett, you, um, you know, trade Dunlap and any of the uh, the veteran, um, you know, defensive players. You just completely unload and you just go super young and you you start over Um, if you do that. And essentially, you're terrible in uh, this ne- this year, 2022, uh, and you are so bad that you're in position to get a quarterback in next year's draft, fine. Then you can build around that player. But if you don't do that and you half-ass this thing and you go um, you know, 7 and 10 and you end up with the 12th pick in the draft, and you can't get yourself a franchise quarterback because you're too low in the draft order, then not only have you given away your only path towards winning now, but you've also screwed up any path on winning in the future. You've now become a mediocre team for the foreseeable future. Let's talk about that, and I want to get your your opinion on that. Let's talk about a couple different factors first. A, I wanted to mention the Aaron Rodgers deal. Aaron Rodgers decided to re-sign with the 
Green Bay Packers in a blockbuster deal, four years, $200 million with $153 million in guarantees. That apparently, and, that apparently he has said, like, uh, Rogers came out and said, uh, that's not real. Yeah, I saw, I saw that, but I, well, I would imagine it's going to be in that neighborhood. It might be, but where the, the reports of here's the numbers on his contract when those numbers aren't actually agreed upon, I think is, um, it's, it's, it's dishonest. Like, are the numbers going to be in that range? Probably, but we don't know what they are and we don't know what Wilson's going to get. My point is, I think that I, I thought that that may have been a factor because literally an hour and a half or so after that came out is when this trade went down. And yeah, I was but thinking, this trade, this trade has been in the works for two weeks. You already said that correct. it had nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. Correct. But it had nonetheless, nothing to do, it had nothing to do with Aaron. Somebody Rodgers. had to push the button for the trade at the end. And it was, it was John Schneider. And I'm sure he probably looked and said, Oh my goodness, that's a factor. We're going to have to pay Russell Wilson. That next year is his year of extension op- opportunity. And I think that may have been a factor as far as long-term thinking with the franchise. Can we afford to pay that? Do we want to pay that quarterback in and Russell Wilson specifically that amount of money um, in the in the franchise going forward? I'm just saying that that may have been a factor. The other thing I want to talk about is the compensation because well, I, wanna, I think it goes to. I want to answer your question on that. Uh, what do you think Denver thinks about that? What do you think Tennessee would think about that? What about? Uh, Miami, all these teams that have been quarterback hungry yeah. forever because they don't have one. They go, you know what? You give us a Russell and Wilson, Keith, I'll pay him anything. And to your point, the cap is going up massively in 2023 yep. as the new media deals uh, flow in and the cap is reportedly uh, going to explode up to like the $250 million yeah. range from 208 this year. So yep. 208.3 is going to be 248 so or something that that totally makes so up. So what the we're saying, and exactly. So what we're saying is the percentage of the cap that you're paying to your quarterback is roughly the same, even though the, the, it's a mammoth increase in yeah. compensation. Okay. It's, so that should not have been a factor. And if it was a factor, then you need a new general manager because that should not have been a factor. So the next idea would be that um, you had said, even if we are marginally okay next year and do it half-assed and go seven and nine, it might ruin our chances to get a quarterback. I want to just talk about compensation in this and then talk about that scenario as well. So what we got for Wilson uh, from Denver was a 2022 first-round pick. It's ninth overall in this draft coming up. The 2022 second round pick, which is 40th overall, we have 41 already. The 2022 fifth round pick is 152 overall, we have 153. They get our uh, later fourth round pick back, I think it's 119 in this year's draft. We also get a first round pick in 2023 and a second round pick in 2023, plus players, quarterback Drew Locke, defensive end, defensive um, uh, tackle, uh, Shelby Harris and tight end Noah Fant. Um, Noah Fant's a good piece on, uh, out of that list. Shelby Harris is a is definitely a, a nice role player on the defensive line, and then Drew Lock is Drew Lock. We Drew can Locke's talk about trash. that. 
Yeah, we'll talk reason, about that later. The only reason Drew Locke was included in this is because by ha- moving him off the roster, it removes any uh, chance that there's guys in the locker room in Denver that were friends with with Locke that are going to give Wilson shit because they want you know their their guy is is the guy who got benched for him. Um, by moving him off the roster, you get rid of that dynamic in the thing. The Seahawks were willing to take him on. There's zero commitment to him. You could cut right. him tomorrow. Exactly. Um, he is not a piece of that trade that actually matters. He's a guy who's lost his job twice as a starting quarterback in Denver. Got it, lost it, got it back, lost it again. He's not a good player. He's not going to be part of the future. And if they're planning on him being part of the future, why? What evidence do you have from his entire time in the NFL that suggests that he is worthy of a roster spot? You don't really have any. Sports fans, look at the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $1 on any NFL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TPPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. 21 and over minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In 17 game starts, he's 354 of 599 for 60% completion percentage. Adjusted completion percentage is 70%, 3,953 yards. This is basically a full season, 17 games. Mm -hmm. 3,953 yards, so almost 4,000 yards, 23 touchdowns, 18 interceptions, uh, 6.6 yards per attempt, which is is low. Um, Mm -hmm. But an average depth of target of nine yards which is good um so it's not, i mean it's not it's th- not that's good. where he's it's, at it's a it's slightly above average it means it means he throws the ball down the field but he's, he's got a he, hell of an arm he does and maybe he throws, that's why seattle last he throws the ball down the field deal. but he doesn't throw the down the ball down the field accurately enough to turn it into big plays so his yards per pass attempt is not good it's actually well below average in you know in the sixes and his completion percentage is right at 60%. It's about 8% right. lower than Wilson. He is not a starting quarterback. And and Noah Fant, as a receiving tight end at about 249 pounds, was a first-round mm-hmm. pick a few years ago, has really high upsides, like uh, Gerald Everett on steroids. Uh, yeah. It's a nice add to the offense if we have Absolutely. a quarterback to throw to him. Yep. Um, actually, and the thing is, like, in getting Noah Fant, I, that is a piece I like because they had Gerald Everett. He was a really nice piece for Seattle this last year, and he's now a free agent. He's probably going to get paid because he had a good year with the Rams the year before, signed a one-year deal with Seattle, um, had, a, had a good year with Seattle. Someone's going to pay him to come in and be a part of their offense, um, and so he's going to be gone. 
and Seattle got an upgrade. I really think he's an upgrade. Um, so I like that part of the trade. I agree. Um, I like the defensive end that they got back uh, more than you do. You're like, ah, oh, he's a rotational piece. I'm like, he is a significant upgrade over Kerry Hyder um, on at defensive end. I think he's a or Rasheem Green even. Yeah. So he's you know, and Rasheem Green's a free agent. So yes, to me, he's a significant upgrade over either of those guys. Um, I like that piece. Um, two first round picks, two seconds. My original thought was um, that that's just, it, it, it's a terrible compensation because I was thinking back to uh, the Stafford trade a year ago and I went, had to go back and look and what the uh, Lions got for Stafford was two first round picks, a second and a third. So the Seahawks got two first round picks, a second and a second but they also had to move down about 50 spots this year from the fourth to the fifth. So it's about the same. Plus a bounty of player. Well, not a bounty, but you know, two decent players. Yeah. It's, it's not the, the, the players don't matter as much because when you're looking at it from, from all of this on a contract year, you're looking at, at, at guys that may have been looking at getting, you know, casualty or even if they aren't someone else was going to be and so it just adds roster flex flexibility is the only reason why they're included um and so i look at that and i go they got essentially the same compensation um for wilson that the lions did for stafford and wilson is younger and significantly better and and to add injury to insult the Seahawks ate $26 million in, in cap, uh, dead cap space with this deal, which in turn allowed Denver to pay Russell Wilson's base salaries in 2022 and 2023, which is $24 million this year, $27 million next year. So they get Russell Wilson at a, at a steep discount as well. Well, um, it's not... So that's just that's because of his signing bonus and the dead cap and all of that. That's not a hey, the Seahawks are the 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 Broncos are paying his base salary. Yes. Um and they were which, gonna do that. No which is what. a which is a great cap savings for them though. For yeah. a so, for a premier player. So they get a premier player for less for one year and then they have to sign him to this, to the massive deal you were talking about a few minutes yes, ago. Correct. So okay. Um whatever. Nonetheless, like, I'm just uh, saying me, it just adds insult to the deal. Uh, and I don't, and I don't think We're, that matters that, to, to Seattle too, because even though they, even though they gave, like, okay, they had they had to take this this hit with all the dead money, they actually gained significant cap room. They gained eleven million dollars this year in cap space. Yeah, and that's taking on three players and their cap hit, on top of the dead money and Wilson. They still came out in the cap eleven million dollars in the uh, in the black. So. The, the dead money doesn't matter that much because a year from now they get all of that cap space back anyway and you're not gonna yes. go out you're not gonna go out and spend 35 or 40 million on a quarterback this year because there's no one available okay so, so I want to talk to I want to talk to you about that because earlier you said hey we could be middling go seven and nine have a crappy you know middling mm-hmm. first round draft pick and not be able to go get the guy that we really want. And I just want to point out the idea of Seattle would go into 2023 draft with two first round draft picks plus a plus two first two second round draft picks um, next year to be able to move around. 
True. So if they needed to, they could go get the guy that they really wanted. And one of those first and one of the seconds are going to be the last four picks of the of each round. And and the Seahawks pick is probably going to be better than twelve. Seahawks say, pick, it's going to be better. It's going to no, worse. If they, if they if they end up middling and they go you know seven and ten, they're going to be eleventh or twelfth. But the Broncos are going to be thirtieth or thirty second if they have their way. But it's probably going to be twenty ninth. They're going to be those picks are way down at the end of the round. They're not. They're not going to be helpful on getting a quarterback. They really aren't. And we, can, you know, picks. and we would have a future, you know, like a 2024 20, first round pick that we could add to the pile. I'm just saying there would be enough capital there to be able to move, I think, up close to the top if we really wanted to. Just similar to what, like, uh, uh, the 49ers did to go get Justin Fields, that sort of thing. Well, um, if they were going to make this move now, they should have made it a year ago. Yeah. When the Bears or, or were, next or next year. The Bears were offering more in draft compensation with three first round picks and a second and a third to Seattle. Um they could have done that and got fields cuz the Bears got fields. They sat, they didn't have to trade up and they got a franchise quarterback. A year ago, in a draft that had a bunch of franchise quarterbacks, they would have been in position to get one. Instead, they waited till this year, where and they got they got less in compensation than what the Bears were offering, and they're in a draft class with no good quarterbacks. So early reports by Corbin Smith indicate that Seattle is. Um, has interest in a quarterback out of this draft class. And that's what made them feel comfortable in making this move. I'm not Ooh. saying it's right. I'm not saying it's wrong. Ooh. I'm just saying that Ooh. that's, I don't know. For me, it could be three guys. Uh, obviously, um, Malik Willis, uh, who I think really helped himself in the senior bowl and the combine. And then uh, Kenny Pickett with his eight and a half inch hands. And so Dave Craig, Dave Craig Jr., and Desmond Ritter, the quarterback out of Cincinnati, I think that they really like as well. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not, I know I'm not interested in his lack of arm strength, and I'm not interested in Dave Craig Jr. Um, we've seen we we've seen that show before. We don't need to go see it again. Um uh and oh, what do you Willis, think about Malik Willis at nine? Will, will, if we Malik, stayed at nine. Uh Malik Willis is a very interesting player. He has got so many physical tools. I mean, he's a, he is, if you think about it, he is um, Murray in, um, in Arizona. He's a little bit taller, um, but he's got the speed. He's got the stuff. He's got a huge arm, uh, but he also can't read a defense to save his life because he played at Liberty. He's a one read um, guy. He's a, he's a drop back. If his, if, if his read is, is um, covered, he tucks the ball and run. That's all he's got. And he's going to be all that he was way. asked to do too. Yeah. And that's all that's in the end. That is all he is. He is not ready to be an NFL quarterback, despite all of the physical tools that make him really interesting. Um, if you, if you go get him, you better be willing to sign Teddy Bridgewater or someone in free agency to play quarterback yeah. in this next year, because, yeah. uh, Malik Willis playing at quarterback next year is not good for him. 
or the team because it'll he'll do nothing but develop bad habits. You need him an opportunity to truly learn the game at the NFL level before you throw him out there to get killed. So I know it's early in this situation and um, I'm sure it's fluid and the Seahawks are probably not done They're you know, but um, what do you see them doing this year at the quarterback position? Like what would be their strategy? Obviously they've got a, they've got a plan and they executed the first part of their plan here with this trade. Don't have to agree with it. I'm just saying that that's it. They executed this part of it. Obviously, this is not where we end up with Drew Locke as the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks in 2022. What do you think is their idea of their plan forward? I I heard, again, Corbin Smith say that it's likely that the Seahawks still view their team as a win-now team. and But but this move doesn't say that. This move says the opposite of that. This move says we are starting over. Yes. And if they think they're going to win now without their but quarterback. What, what, but who could they win now with that they could make a move with? They've got draft <sighs> capital now. They've got the trade market available. They've got free agency. We already know that those free agent uh, quarterbacks are are marginal at best. I'll, I'll grab the list here in just a second. And, then, and then we've got the, um, the quarterbacks are Winston, Bridgewater, Mariota, Dalton, Fitzpatrick, Trubisky, Brisket, Taylor, Smith, and McCoy, Colt McCoy. So that's the awful free agency market, mm-hmm. the trade market, you know, whatever you can, you can get. And then, um, and then the draft. So what's, so, what's the path forward, Keith? If they want it, if they say they're win now, they're going to go out and compete. What is the path? The path forward will probably then be, so they, they, they got two ones and two twos for Wilson. And if they can go trade one one of those ones and one of those twos and keep the other two um, picks and go get a guy like Derek Carr, that might be the path forward. So you are able to downgrade at quarterback, but still have a guy you can win with and also, you know, still get extra picks. Um, if they want to win now, that's probably the only path forward they have. Uh, none of the guys that are available in free agency are guys you can go contend with. They're guys that you can win a few games with. Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater is, is, is one of those guys. And um, you keep bringing mm-hmm. up Mariota because I think because you're an Oregon fan, but uh, he's done nothing in the NFL to show that he deserves uh, a shot at, at, at a starting quarterback job. I mean, it it's definitely telling that the Titans got significantly better when they moved from him to Ryan Tannehill. And we all know that Tannehill's not a, not a true franchise quarterback either. So um, there just isn't, there just isn't that guy available unless you're going to go make a trade for someone like Carr. Um, And if you're going to make a trade for someone like Carr, why didn't you keep Wilson? Why didn't you keep the better option? Why didn't you keep the better player? I think that you know, you have to take a look at this as being a two-way street. It's not just about the Seahawks and the franchise and Pete Carroll. This was a Russell Wilson thing, too. Um, the whole time, in fact. Wilson kind of made things interesting once in a while. He talked about different things. His agent talked about different things. And um, as far as being an amenable to a trade and so forth. And I think the Seahawks finally got to the point where 
they were going to move on from Russell Wilson and Russell Wilson was ready to move on from them. And that's why this trade went down. This trade doesn't happen unless Russell Wilson wants this trade to happen. But this, the situation never had to get here. No, it didn't. It never had to get to this point. It never had to get. But it to seemed the point like it's a, it was a long-term sort of situation. It just didn't happen overnight last year in the off season. It, it seemed like it was boiling up for a while going clear back into like 2015 and, and so forth and, and having issues with different players in the locker room and so forth. You heard reports. I don't know these things for a fact. I'm just saying that some of these things were coming out where, you know, he's, he's got a bit of an ego thing and well, it, it interfered with, with this process of, I don't know if that's a, that's an accurate characterization. It's, I, I got, it's probably not accurate. What, Keith. I'm what, just, I don't know just for sure. From all from all of the um, all the reports and everything that I've read, it wasn't that he had an ego. It was that he was given credit and a big salary and all those things because he played quarterback, and the guys like Richard Sherman wanted the credit. They wanted to be the guy that everyone pointed to and said, they're the reason that he's the reason why they, they won, why they have a Super Bowl. And instead people pointed to Wilson and it was, it was the uh, ego of the defensive players um, that. So what do you think a problem? Why do you think it got to this point with, with it breaking down enough to where this was even on the table? It got to this point because Pete Carroll hired Brian Schottenheimer as a coordinator. Uh, you what you did was you took Russell Wilson's prime, his prime years, his best years, and you saddled him under an awful scheme that was really poorly coached, and asked him like, "Here, we can, we're not going to give you anything to work with schematically and in terms of what we do, but we need you to go bail us out," and he said enough and he went into uh this is the report at, from the athletic he went into a game planning meeting and said enough what we're doing is not working here's how we fix the offense and he got told to shove it that's where things went wrong hire a hire an offensive coordinator five years ago or four years five years ago that isn't completely incompetent and we never reached this point or two and a half years or two years ago, listen to your franchise player and actually hear what he has to say and listen to the guy that's on the field and knows what's going on. And you don't get to this point. They got to this point because it was completely mismanaged by Pete Carroll from the beginning. And we and I, you and I both like Pete Carroll. He's a great coach. He's developed a tremendous culture in Seattle, a culture of winning, a culture that guys want to come play for. But in this case, in this situation with this player, he's misplayed his hand. That sounds about right. So where do they go from here? Um, hopefully they go three and 14. Hopefully. I don't think that they have a three and 14 roster. Hopefully they trade Bobby Wagner. They trade Tyler Lockett. They trade um, 
Jamal Adams. They trade Carlos Dunlap. Diggs doesn't come back, et cetera. Why would he want it to want to? He wouldn't want to. And then they have they have no reason to to re-sign him. Keep the keep the cap flexibility for the following Unless year. they really do believe, really do believe that they're gonna run this thing back and get a quarterback to take it as far as they can. But I, I think you go in and you trade anyone that's over twenty eight that has value. And you go between this year and next year. You run, get it up so that you've got, you know, 12 to 14 picks in each of the two um, this year and next year. And you got the roster and you got the salary cap and you go into this uh, this year um, knowing that you're going to be three and 14 and you're going to have a chance at the top or the second best quarterback in the draft class. And you know that next year's draft class is good compared to this year's draft class. Um, and you'd be okay with that. And you use all that draft capital that you've got to build the roster around them. And you go, you basically, you run it back to 2012 and you're going to have a rookie quarterback and a lot of really young, cheap, hungry players around them. And you go make it happen. Uh, but if you don't do that, if you don't go ahead and commit to the bad year and the path to a quarterback, if you half-ass the rebuild and you go seven and nine and you have the 11th pick and you're not going to be in position to get a quarterback or you can get one, but you've got to give up a ton of your picks to move up to get them and thus can't rebuild the rest of your roster because you've given up all that flexibility uh, in draft capital um, to do so, then you screwed it up. I just don't see Pete Carroll being that guy. Like, from the outset, having a losing mentality. I don't see them acquiring a player like Shelby Harris out of this trade if they believe that they're ready to move on and get younger because he's not that. He's 31. Yeah. Um, Now, Noah Fant, obviously, is is the upside there. Shelby Harris is a young quarterback. um, Shelby Harris is a guy that I would turn right around and and see what what he's a – what he yeah. would fetch on the open market. I wouldn't even, he'll, he shouldn't even play a snap. If they're going to do this, he shouldn't play a snap in Seattle. He needs to get traded again. Um, that is interesting. That's a, that's and, an interesting idea. I just don't know if Pete Carroll is the right coach to have made this sort of uh deal with the devil because no, he's not, not at 71. He's he, that's just not, this thing isn't lining up like yeah. completely. That's why I think the Seahawks are not done. They've got like a, a secondary plan in place to go trade for a guy. I don't know if it's Garoppolo or if it's some yeah, other well, marginal player, Hertz, or, you know, some other quarterback that's, you know, maybe Philadelphia feels like it's in a position where they can take a couple of its picks and move up a little bit and get the guy that they really like in the draft and Hertz would be available. I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. It's, it's hard when a team does this out of the blue because – They've traded away a player that they have no replacement for with no viable path to a replacement level player at all. Yeah, but it's 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 different if you do that to a defensive lineman because you can add pieces around that and make up for the fact that you didn't recover um, the talent at that position. You can't do that at quarterback. You Absolutely. can't bring in, let's say Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut by the 49ers and is just available out there. And you go in and sign him. You aren't, 
you can't put enough pieces around um, <laughs> that drop in quarterback in one offseason to make it a comparable loss. Right. They took more than one. They took four massive steps backwards, and there is no recovery from that. Unless somehow uh, you've got a guy coming into town that you and I don't see coming because no mm -hmm. one no one in the media is saying they're available. How about Kirk uh, Cousins? I'm just saying Kirk Cousins. Again, you just took two massive steps backwards. Right. Um, and but you, you do have an opportunity to build a but team. You gotta, right? So you got to go trade. You have to go trade. I still your think that that would still be a seven or eight win team with him. Yeah. You got to go trade your draft capital. The draft capital that is the only thing you've got going for you on a rebuild to bring in a guy that's significantly worse than the guy you had. I think the only viable about path, the same that you, the guy you had, the only viable path forward this year with, without losing any draft capital, without doing anything else, except for go get a viable, either first rate backup or marginal starter. Let's just say it's Mariota or one of these other guys, Winston Bridgewater, you name it, Dalton and go draft your guy. Just go get the Malik Willis pick and see what you got. Um, I see it. I would, I would sign Bridgewater and uh, draft Willis with that ninth pick and know that you got the 40th pick and two picks at the end of rounds one and two next year mm -hmm. um, to help you rebuild the roster. And, and again, it's rolling the dice. It really is. Yep. Uh, the, I will say I, this though, Keith, that, John Schneider, given all of his pluses and minuses, faults, et cetera, in the draft and evaluating, he's actually strikingly, seemingly, a pretty decent quarterback evaluator. Like in, he was in addition to uh, drafting Russell Wilson, he was uh, apparently uh, looking at Allen, Josh Allen, in, mm -hmm. you know, the Bills and Patrick Mahomes, uh, very interested in that pick as well. So, yeah, the Seahawks actually maybe he was, knows kind of what he's doing as far as finding a talent there was one of the things that came up along the way over the years with Wilson is that the Seahawks offered Wilson to the Browns in exchange for the number one overall pick the one they used to get um, their current guy that's, you know, probably on his last attempt at being a starting quarterback. Um, and so they were going to use that pick and others that they were going to get to go get Josh Allen. And from what we've seen the last two years from Josh Allen, um, that might've worked out for them because they would have gotten younger and cheaper at the right time uh, and been able to have, yeah. you know, and the, and the, and then what but, you've said today, uh, yeah, they're, they're thinking younger, cheaper, but I think they did it at the wrong time. Last year would have been a good time. Next year would have been a good time this year. Not so much. You've got yeah. really bad free agency class. You've got really bad draft class, and here you've just jettisoned your Hall of Fame quarterback at age yeah. 34. He's younger than that. He's like 32. 31. So, he played at 31 last year. He might, he's going to play at 32 this coming year. Um, so they jettisoned him when he's got 10 years old. Or at least eight. Why, why are you trading him now? A year, you're right, a year ago? When they could have gotten, five quarterbacks to choose from, basically, yeah, and you could have you they could have had Fields as a guy that that they wouldn't even had to have moved 
up in the draft for. They could have just got him. I mean, that's who the Bears ended up with, and they were the ones offering all the picks. And Khalil um, so Mack and Akeem Hicks and three picks. Yeah. And they would have been a great position, or they could wait another year. It's not like Russell Wilson's value is going to go down. And, you know, go into a draft class that actually has viable talent in it at quarterback. Cause I don't see, I don't see it. This is the, you brought up the, brought up the year, the year with um, Mike Glennon. 2012 or 13. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Glennon and Geno Smith were the top two quarterbacks in, in that draft class. That's what this draft class is. It's the Mike Glennon and Geno Smith year. None of these guys are franchise quarterbacks. Um, Kenny Pickett, his tape looks like it, but we've seen what uh, the guy with the tiny hands does and the fumbles. He had, what was it, 22 fumbles last year in 12 games? We know we've seen this movie before. I'm not interested in, in watching it again. Um, yeah. And, you know, I will say this about like Desmond Ritter is, um, he had a tremendous interview um, process at the Combine. Teams loved him. He has good size, et cetera. You may be wary of his arm strength. That's a factor. I don't, However, I don't think he's, he's a winner. Him. He's a winner. Like he wins. He wins. He's like 44 and three in his career. And, you know, he leads. He's a, he's a leader. And I, I heard this. And that's, I'm not just making this up. I've heard this directly from the guys on the NFL channel and their morning show talking about, you know, all that kind of stuff. And um, it, it's, I would be curious because we know John Schneider, he probably doesn't want to sit on nine. He wants to trade that thing back. If he traded back 10 picks, he could pick up a 2023 first round pick. That's how much mm-hmm. that is worth. If he, if he drops back five or six picks, he could pick up a mid like around the, pick number 50 in the second round pick just for moving around down five spots to 15 or so. So, um, and, and still get a good quality pick. I mean, this, this, and we haven't talked about this cause we're stuck on this Russell Wilson conversation and I, I get that and it's hard and everyone's kind of dealing with it in their own way. So I know it's, it's not a great situation, but here we are, you know, and so how do we move forward? And that's kind of what we're, is the kind on um when you take a look at the symbol i mean we've got a whole bunch of <laughs> research to do because we haven't even talked about this early in the draft yet with some of these guys but um jordan david at the just blew it up 141 pounds at defensive tackle mm-hmm. we talked about a, a guy a guy jordan davis could be it's available at mine that you could I don't get know. He's probably going to go four seven eight forty. Yeah, he's a big guy. He's a great. He's a great yeah. player. He's a oh, fantastic yeah. athlete. This is like drafting. Um, you know, Aaron Donald. No, uh, I wouldn't. Put, he's got the I same sort of athletic upside. He's, no, Aaron. Aaron. Aaron Donald is a you know once in two generation talent. Right. Um, let's let's not go there. But Jermaine but Johnson be there you've got uh, trevor penning at lackle who's just a beast and a monster that wants to see that that's the more interesting pick to me is to yeah, yeah you can trade from trade back from nine to 12 or 13 
um, get a get an get an extra pick in in late in round two or early in round three, something like that, mm-hmm. and get Trevor Penning, who's a franchise left tackle that you can stick out there for a decade and never be worried about. Um, that's the pick that interests me because yeah. you will have solved a huge problem on your roster um, and picked up another pick and uh, yeah. not reached and this for is a, a very terrible deep, quarterback. Yeah, and this is a deep draft. And so yeah. if the strategy get your guy, maybe it is like, that's why I mentioned like a Desmond Ritter because I like him more than Sproul or um, even Pickett or um, Carson Strong or yeah. uh, there's there's one more guy. Um, Who's the and guy he's from a, North and he would and he would be yeah Sam Howell. See those guys would be available at the back end of the first round, ish. At least that's where everyone's mm-hmm. at, right? Big board wise. And so, um, you know, if you could drop back once or or increment up some extra value, you could go. You could still get a quarterback that you could bring and develop. Um, while you're bridging to next year. Possibly. Yeah. I just don't see any of those guys as long-term yeah, I know. franchise quarterback starter. I think their ceiling is so you uh, not waste to pick on any quarterback this year and just focus on building the roster around a future quarterback. It's yes. not and, going and to come this year. Go ahead and lose trade away the older guys and be okay with losing pick up a get a bunch of guys like Trevor Penning and um you know uh guys on the defensive line and cornerback and just go into this team this year with no quarterback and a lot of young guys that are going to take their lumps and learn and then you get your quarterback a year from now and you go win um with them and a, and a roster that is young talented hungry and and your cap is under control, and then 2023, you, uh, or yeah, in 2023, you've got picks, uh, two picks in the first round, two picks in the second round, a third, a fourth, two picks in the a sixth and the seventh, plus any picks you would get from trading away current players. Guys like Dunlap and yeah, and I mean, Leiter you would just and... have a boatload of picks. Mm-hmm. Um, you could rebuild I mean, that the would roster be in a hurry. I mean, it, that would be fun while losing it's not so how do you balance that whereas a fan you're used you're used to a winning franchise you have a winning coach that's used to winning that doesn't want to lose he's going to try to prevent that from happening i would imagine um i don't know that that would be a like set strategy that he would set out upon on purpose pete carroll to to go lose that way but maybe oh he won't maybe he did he would um i don't think yeah, he will interesting. Um, although uh, it just be, be, a decade ago he kind of did um, yes they, he came came in in uh 2010 and gutted the roster um lost a lot of games all of that um part of that was because they had an uncapped year so they could gut the roster and not be saddled with a bunch of dead cap because there was no salary cap that year. So mm-hmm. they got rid of a lot of contracts for guys like TJ Husmanjada and and um, just a lot of bad contracts. They were able to, to jettison. Um, they went bad they, and they rebuilt the roster. But that was a decade ago. 
that was a Pete Carroll in his early, at 60 years old that had no intention of um, ever, you know, like he was still like, I've got at least a decade left. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with nothing short term in his mind. Right. Yeah. And, and so he's now 71. Yeah. I, just, I, that's why I'm confounded by this whole thing. That's why I think that they're, they're really trying. 71? I don't know. I mean, I'm hearing talk like uh, John Clayton came out with an article and said they're definitely in rebuild mode. They got rid of their quarterback. They're in rebuild mode. Don't let anybody fool you. Yeah, and I've got absolutely. other guys. I've got other guys saying, "Don't be so sure." Their roster's not that far away. You, in fact, you started the conversation today about the roster's not that far away. It wasn't that far away. It is extremely far <laughs> away right now. Well, right, but they do have an entire offseason still to go to figure out. Ago, Twenty-four hours ago, they were three players away. Today, right now, as we record this, this is a three-win team. That's the difference this trade made, and um, there isn't a path to another quarterback. There, there isn't another guy available either in the draft or in free agency or really on the trade market that puts you back close to where you were where you were only three players away you cannot get better from last year to next year it's impossible there's nothing they can do from right now until the start of the season that will make them better next year than they were last year so if they don't realize that they're rebuilding then that's on them and they're just making this process longer and harder. So either recognize the truth, and that's you are going to rebuild this roster and do it right, or move on and let someone come in here who's willing to. Because if you if they half-assed this and end up with a pick in the in the low teens or you know twelve, um, all they've done is set the franchise back another two or three years longer at least longer longer yeah yeah so. because by the time you draft a guy you're going to be at least second year third year before you're it's paying off yeah a lot that's, of a lot that's of, that's now beyond pete carroll's contract yep a lot of guys can win in uh in year two we saw that with wilson we've seen that with um uh, Joe Burrow, Burrow, Joe Burrow, and and other guys. You can win in year two. Um, you can show flashes. But those guys are special. Those guys yeah. are special. Now maybe the kid, from Alabama. I can't remember his name right off the top of my head. Um, would be, you know, available next year, and he'd be the guy, and he'd go take your franchise and win you a Super Bowl. But <laughs> I, there's so much uncertainty. I mean, it just is what it is. That this whole thing is now going to be just uncertain for a while. We're just going to have to live with that. It can go a lot of different ways. We're going to have to adapt. Pete Carroll and John Schneider, I'm sure, will come out at some point and say something. Um, and um, hopefully kind of tell us which direction they're, they're thinking about. Maybe they won't. Um, I would imagine they're probably going to say all the right things to, you know, at least to them, which is, hey, we're still winning. We're going to compete. We're putting together a, a, a roster that we think is, you know, right there. What do we and what 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 do we call this part of the the year? The lying year. 
lying lying season. Lying season. Um, yeah. So we. So I don't really care about any of that. What I want them to come out and do, and I want Russell Wilson to come out and do, is say, "This is why we made this decision. Now, this is why we decided that the Seahawks needed to move on without Wilson, or that Wilson needed to move on from Seattle." I need that to come out and for them to just be transparent about it. And the Seahawks are like, look, we aren't winning this year. We're better off building for the future, getting those picks and trying to get good for 2023 or Russell Wilson to say, you know what? I felt like everything's run its course here. They're going to go back into a rebuild. I didn't want to be a part of that. I want to keep trying to win Super Bowls right now. Because by the time they're done with the rebuild, how old will I be? Um, I want one of the two parties to tell us the truth, and it'll never happen, but I want the, one of them to tell us the truth on why this move happened. Because it is not good for the Seahawks, no matter how Pete Carroll and John Snyder try and, um, and spin it. And it is not good for any Seahawks fan, no matter how... Uh, much people are angry at Wilson or whatnot, or there's delusional people that think he's not good. Um, it, there's nothing about this that is good for the Seahawks or their fans. So at least give have the decency to give me the truth on what happened. That's what I want right now. All right. I want that too. Thanks for talking to me today. Yeah. I know that you were not happy with me. I'm I wasn't. Sorry. I apologize. Cheers. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get out of here for now. We'll come back later. We'll talk more about this. I'm sure this will be a subject forever now. Um, beyond this year, this will be something we re revisit a long time. This is definitely a turning point in the franchise mm -hmm. um a reset moment and um there's an opportunity though you know with every hard thing that you go through with every thing that just seems like it's a complete cluster there's an opportunity to make it work and make it right and i know that there's good people that want to do the right thing not only good fans good people in the organization all the way to the top that that want to make sure that they're putting out a great product and so a little bit of faith is going to need to be had here with this situation and let's see how this thing turns out there's still the entire off season with free agency and the draft and possible trades and who knows um, i think your path for 2023 is a viable option and should be definitely considered I, i'm just curious as to I don't who, who lands I, I don't quarterback think, spot this year. I don't think Pete Carroll is willing to do what I suggested. And if he's not willing to, then they need to swing big. I mean, so they would have I would I would be fine having them go out and expend lots of draft capital for a younger quarterback. Let's say Kyler Murray, who seems to be unhappy in Arizona. Um, is does Watson have all his legal stuff handled as far as the team is concerned no. when they check into his background? No, his, think so. his case is going before a grand right. jury and then, and they wouldn't be sending it in front of a grand jury if they, if the um, district attorney didn't expect the grand jury to agree to indict, indict him. So right. um, the, that, that whole situation at this point needs to be 
it's not an option. Okay. If, if so, so, and then there's some other, there's some other you know younger quarterbacks that came into the league last year. There's uh, Daniel Jones sitting there in, in New York that hasn't really had an opportunity yet to kind of show. You know, who knows, right? So there could be some trade stuff going on here that, you know, maybe they're just not done with that, with that yet. And we just don't know. So, all right. Find Keith on Twitter at MyersNFL. I'm at NWSeahawk. The show is at Hawks Playbook. SeahawksPlaybook.com is the website. Find us on your favorite podcast platform and YouTube and subscribe. Until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.